And welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of GoombaStomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Daxon. Joining us, we have games editor, Mark Kalaroff. It's our first interview of the year. First interview of the new year. Uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, also with us is indie games editor, Campbell Gill. I'm so excited for this episode, I think I'm going to barf. <laughs> this is the kind of energy we need. Uh, joining I... us, we have... I, I should clarify. I hope y'all know that's a River City thing. I get that. And I'm reference, not physically yes. ill. Okay, excellent. <laughs> I hope you get that reference. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, and and with us, as uh, you just heard him speaking just now, we have the directors of the River City Girls franchise uh, from Way Forward Studios. We have Bannon Rudis and Adam Tierney. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello. How you doing? Hello, gentlemen. This is Bannon. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Yeah, please, yeah, yeah, Ben. Why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what what you do, and uh, we'll, we'll get into it. Well, I grew up on a farm in the south, and I came to LA to make video games. No, uh, I am director <laughs> over at Way Forward, uh, Ben and Rudis. I've uh, been there for maybe five or six years. I can't tell anymore because with oh COVID, it's kind of a blur. What years even mean anymore? Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, start off as an animator there directing and currently directing river city girls too incredible and, and adam what about yourself um and i have been at way forward quite a bit longer it's pretty much my only major job so a little over 15 years uh i started as well as an animator and then directed a whole bunch of games over the past you know 15 16 years and uh, ultimately ended up co-directing river city girls with this fine gentleman here Oh, look, I love the camaraderie. That's wonderful. Um, excellent. Well, thank you for joining us. It's, uh, it is a, it's a delight to have, uh, to have you guys on the show. We, we, we here on the podcast and over at Goombastop, we love Way Forward. Uh, Campbell and myself are huge fans of River City Girls. Uh, we've been playing the hell out of that, um, especially when it first came out. Uh, brawlers in general, beat em ups. We love them. We love retro games, and we love especially the, the representation over on the Switch. So, you guys, uh, truly, it is a, an honor and a privilege to to have you with us today. Uh, Campbell, do you want to just jump in with your stuff, or do we anything else we want to kind of in general talk about before we get into the to the meat of the interview questions? I mean, I'm down to jump right in and get to the meat of it all if we don't have anything else to get to first. So, I think, I think, uh, I think. Go for it, my friend. All right, let's get meaty. Well, instead of getting me, how about we start things off nice and simple. So for our listeners who might not be super aware of the River City Girls series, could you maybe, starting things out with River City Girls 2, could you give us a, a brief interview of what the game is, what it's all about, and how it's following up on the original River City Girls? Yeah, I mean, so River City Girls 1... Adam, when did that even come out? Was that 2019? September 2019. Yeah, so uh, this is our follow-up to it. It is pretty much just a continuation of where the last game left off. Um, Come back to River City and just there's new characters in there, uh, new moves, 
new stuff to do, uh, but it is going to feel very similar to the first game, but there is a lot of update stuff, and I'm trying to be as vague as possible <laughs> with oh, these sure. answers so I don't give anything away. I'm trying to I think mean, of one, what yeah, we showed the, off in the trailer. Well, one of the nice things about the River City Girls games, or just River City in general, that we definitely were looking forward to when we started making these games is they've always been able to iterate off each other. We don't really get to do that that much. Usually when WayForward does a game, you know, we work on it for a year, year and a half, we finish it and then we're done and we move on to the next one. But because of the structure of this, you know, we could build on the city, we can add more playable characters, we can add more enemies, more moves, like Bannon said. So, I mean, the, the second one was really just this awesome opportunity to take the best of what we had in the first game and then just add to it. So it's, you know, story-wise, character-wise, move-wise, it's it's so much larger than what we did in the last one, which has been really cool. Yeah, yeah that's... Go ahead, Campbell. I really want to get a little bit more into that iterative aspect that you were talking about because one of the things that made the original River City Girls such a unique beat-em-up was just the way that it expanded on the classic River City formula and introduced such a stylistic twist on it. So what would you say is your approach to continuing that inventive approach to that universe uh, with River City Girls 2? Well, I mean, one of the biggest things is... um... My first game that I did, like my first official game, was a game called River City Ransom Underground. And in that, I really wanted to, like, it's, these are kind of a love letter to the games that I grew up on. I mean, there's a reason why I've been working on, like, River City games for about 10 years now. Mm. I just love that series. Like, I grew up on that series. Everything surrounding kind of Technos in general, like Double Dragon. And it's just kind of... I would say part two is expanding more on that kind of like our version of the Marvel cinematic universe, but it's like the oh, Technos sure. <laughs> kind of cinematic universe of, oh, yeah. hey, I, I, I recognize that character or I recognize that character, and but how do they interact with each other now that these kind of franchises and IPs are kind of crossing over? So we're kind of delving a little more into that. Yeah, it was kind of funny when we were putting together the planning for River City Girls 2. Like Bannon said, it very much kind of picks up where the first one left off. Um, but, uh, you know, I wrote most of the dialogue in the game, and, and Bannon and, and Colleen, uh, the producer on the game, did most of the kind of overall story and plotting. And I think my initial expectation was, oh, okay, well, this will, like, you know, move on to the, you know, the next couple characters. There were specific characters we left out of the first game because we wanted to debut them in the second game. And then I saw the plot that uh, that uh, Bannon and Colleen had put together, and it's like, oh, it's just everybody in the first game, and then everybody in the second game. So, you know, it ends up uh, just being so massive in terms of how many characters and, and how many, you know, uh, references to the classic games and to uh, classic, uh, you know, Data East Technos games. Um, and, you know, for people that don't know the River City Kunio-kun brand, you know, it's been going on for something like 35 years or so in Japan. Mm-hmm. And it has over 50 games so far. I think River City Girls might have been the 50th game um, or close to it. And so they've got hundreds of characters. And so, you know, just as we did in the first game, we're expanding in this. And so you're going to see way forwards version of you know dozens of of additional characters that are 
you know, some of them are new, but some of them are, are those classic characters from the 80s and 90s from those games in Japan. And that's always been something really fun for us to kind of reinterpret them and, and put our spin on them, figure out how they'll look, figure out how they'll talk, figure out what their voice is, figure out what their gameplay is. That's something that's that's been really cool and, uh, and yeah, really, really expanded in the second one, even compared to what we did on the first game. I I want to I want to dive in here uh, just to kind of comment on something that, that both of you have mentioned. Um, so, what is it that speaks to you to either of you about about these classic these classic games? Like I I played oh I grew up playing um, some some like arcade beat 'em ups. I you know I played some stuff on the NES. This particular genre I would say didn't super speak to me until somewhat recently with the, with the more recent iterations. Um, what is it about about the classic uh, River City style that like that speaks to you like what like from a game design perspective i mean for me i had no idea what that game was when i was a kid because there wasn't really anything like it um i was so used to i start off on the left side i move to the right side i can't Mm -hmm. go back to the left side enemies are always coming from the right or you know outside of the boundaries but in that one i would go left right up and down i would explore a whole city i would go to an area where there was nothing to do I'd go fight a boss. I would go back to that area that I, I was like, well, there was nothing to do in that area. I went back there. Now there's a boss. It felt very mm-hmm. alive to me, and the city was kind of, it, it wasn't anything like I had played before. And just those yeah. little characters, they barely had any animations, but every single frame was so expressive. Big eyes and, like, bulging eyeballs coming out when you hit them. And just, yeah, I, I just absolutely loved everything about that game. Uh, but especially just how it, kind of was one of the first open world games that's what really spoke to me yeah and especially like like bannon said the personality is something that i think made me just always a fan of it and always put it near the top of our like wish list for way forward about brands that we would like to put our spin on because i think you look at nes games and you know a lot of them are good for the time or you know have some nostalgia to them but um but a lot of them feel like very early in terms of how they're constructing the art, how they're doing animation, how they're doing tile sets, like really figuring stuff out. You mm-hmm. look at the character animation in those early games like Dodgeball and, uh, and River City Ransom, and it's so expressive, it's so good, and it really holds up today. Um, and so I think you know it's one of the most high personality games on, uh, from the NES era. Um, and, and, it, and it really holds up in a way that I think other action games from the time don't. And, you know, those animations, like, you know, that was something that I think made us fond of the characters. There are literally hundreds of characters, and they're just like little 8-bit pixel characters. But you look at their hair, you look at their eyes, like they're, they're, they're very subtly distinct. And, and I think that was appealing. And, and uh, I know... Um, when we did the, uh, uh, they're called get hits, like when a character gets punched by enemies, we usually have like a couple of different poses just so it doesn't play the same one over and over. And I remember our lead animator, KU, um, made the get hits, I think Ben, and this is right, for the main characters, they're modeled on the get hits from the NES River City Ransom, right? Um, It's Cuneo. Cuneo himself turned out his head was exactly the same size as his River City Ransom counterpart. So all of those, like Cuneo is kind of the love letter to the old games. So it just happened, the Cuneo that we drew, Kay put his head on like the original uh, Alex or, you know, whatever, Cuneo, 
and it, he just happened to have the same exact size head. So from really? there, it was, was it, like, it wasn't it wasn't planned. No, not at all. He just he what? just happened to put it up because I mean, <laughs> when you're doing pixels, like when you look at the original River City Ransom guys, like they are about. I'm I'm looking at Perler Bead ones that are behind my uh, screen here, but it's they're about two and a half heads tall for the original one. So mm. our characters are you could fit about two and a half of those um, sprites, the uh, the characters, on one of our characters right now. So it kind of just lined up. Like his hair is a little bit poofier, but I'm looking at it. There's mm-hmm. only so much you can do with low-res pixels to where it's like, right. yeah, eyes kind of set in the same place and the mouth mm-hmm. kind of sets in the same place. Same with the ears. There's not a lot of, you know, real estate. And it just happened to be, yeah, his head's the same exact size. Well, and, and so I that imagine... Inspired Oh, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. That inspired Kay to all of Cuneo's get hits and his reactions and some of his moves are actually kind of just straight up pulled from his old games. Yeah. You get like the big bug-eyed frames yeah. and, and they're like a one-to-one. And, and you know, that talking about character design, that was definitely one of the things that we focused on with the first game with River City Girls 1 um, is we knew that, uh, you know, if you look at the brand, it's interesting because it's been around for almost, you know, 50 plus games, but the art style hasn't really changed. Like the last Mm -hmm. few games still generally use what look like NES sprites. And we went into the brand knowing we wanted to change that. And it wasn't because we disliked it. Like as we've, you know, talked about, you know, this whole interview, we, we love the art style. What we didn't want though is we didn't want people to, look at River City Girls 1 and think, have I already played that one? Like, is that the one on PS2? And, you know, Mm -hmm. is that a remake of the NES one? So we actually, you know, reinventing it, the art style, make them, making them taller characters, making them more colorful. um, That was one of our high priorities early on so that people could look at our game and say, oh, I remember the River City game that, you know, have that bit of nostalgia, but be totally certain that this was something brand new and this wasn't something that was just a remake or, um, you know, like a, a port of, of uh, previous River City Kunio-kun games. Yeah, it's a great entry point, um, River City Girls, to to the franchise. Again, for me, the, this I was completely unaware until... 30 seconds ago or you know however long ago it was that there was 50 plus games in this franchise. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's this yeah. is news to me. Same here. Uh, we, only, we only got and we only got maybe like I don't know, maybe like 10 or 15 here in the US. It and that was kind of like the really crazy thing. You know, a lot of the ones that we got over here, they were also kind of simplified. So people don't really right. think of like dodgeball and crash and the boys and and hockey and stuff as part of that universe because over here when it got localized it's like okay it's just a sports game it's just a dodgeball game or whatever but in japan for 35 years they're weaving like storylines for these things and they're like talking about characters and relationships like masako one of our uh you know the leads in our game she was the sports manager in a lot of those games and right. you know there would be like <laughs> flirtations between characters and romances <laughs> and stuff so it's like the once we started diving in for the first game and then again for the second game um, there's so much lore, like like just you know gobs and gobs of it that that is largely not represented in most of the games over here. I, that's wild, um, incredible. I, I th- and I think what's I think what's perhaps speaking to a lot of new fans of uh, of these games is uh, you know people who people who put the time in to beat the game to 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 unlock the extra stuff. 
your um, I mean, I guess slight spoilers for, for River City Girls. Uh, Mark, feel free to edit this out if you want to. Um, the, the fact that uh, you can unlock the original characters as playable characters, um, it to me was like a fun surprise because it was like, oh, who the heck are these guys? And then being like, oh no, these are the these are the original. Like that to me was really really cool. Um, so the, the the fact that River City Girls functions as sort of an entry point to this, you know, kind of storied uh, franchise is pretty cool. Uh, so props to props to the team for for creating such a a uh, I don't know I don't know what you want to call it not accessible but like it feels good to to come in with River City Girls I think yeah Thanks. and that's uh, the thing is like we said like you know River City Ransom came out in 1989 it's 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 kind of like Spider Man has been in high school since the 60s and then he's out he's out of high school but then he's back in it it's like we're not going to get all the lore right and that's okay this is kind of the ultimate universe of you know the kudokan franchise it's it's going to deviate a bit and that should be okay but it it's it's close enough to introduce new people who've never heard of river city ransom or kudokan or Naketsu, whatever I can't even say all of the different things. <laughs> that, and that, yeah, that was actually something that Arc System Works, who owns the brand and they're our publisher in Japan, was really cool with from the beginning. So, like Ben, I mentioned, we're not trying to do faithful traditional versions of these characters. That this is the way forward spin on them. So, you know, we're tweaking or heightening the personalities, and we're changing the character designs, and you know, we're making them all like you know very high energy. Um, and, uh, you know, it was fun to kind of put our spin on it because, you know, we wanted the characters to remain true to the spirit of the original ones, but we also wanted to play with them and play with what their personalities would be and what their appearances would be. And, and man, Ark, you know, as the, as the caretakers for this brand, we're just so on board and just so helpful, you know, really understanding this is the way forward version of, of this brand and these characters, and then really giving us like tons of just instruction and feedback about the lore and so a lot of the stuff that you see in the games where it's like getting into like the really deep dive stuff like you know some of the combat tribes things and some of the minor characters like um we have uh, uh waiver who's the yeah the little weird bear girl that throws dice like some of that stuff was them pulling these like you know deep pulls from from the, a Famicom the game from like '92. Exactly, wow. yeah, stuff that that, that like we've never deep even heard of. Stuff. And they're like, yeah, and they're and, and like some of the music. They would, they would give us like music cues and said, "Could you homage this track?" And could you homage this track? So yeah, once they were just such a good partner, and and again, just you know, could not be more happy that they let us play around with this universe and, and expand it in the way that we were able to. It, it well props to y'all it's it's been it's it's just a delight like and uh, hearing what you've just described right now like makes me even more excited to to dive into the sequel uh this summer <laughs> when it you know when it comes out um sorry campbell i know i kind of stepped on your questions here but please feel free to dive on in with the rest of your with the rest of your stuff here uh, step on them all you want that was, that was brilliant but um one other thing i was curious about especially after learning so much about the background going into the development of, of river city girls and river city girls 2 is one of the things that made the original game so unique was the way that it 
complemented the kind of traditional beat-em-up formula with a lot of unique scenarios. One thing that comes to mind is how early on in the original River City Girls game, there's a scene where you have to sneak into a security guard's house and try and get his keys without waking him up. I was wondering if we're going to see any more kind of scenarios like that in the, the, the sequel, and even if you can't say whether we will or won't, if you could talk a bit more about the dynamic of trying to uh, kind of spice up that gameplay loop through those situations. Yeah, I mean, some of these are actually going to be, um, how, how best to describe this? Uh, they will be kind of like multi-tiered quests in there as well. So it, it, it won't just be a, just go grab this and it's done kind of thing. It's, hey, I got this thing. Now here's the second part of this kind of quest. So they are a little more elaborate. Um, the team and I refer to them as almost like mini games because of how kind of more elaborate they are from the first one. But I, I do want to make sure that it isn't going to be another repeat of some people just aren't good at platforming, especially in a Z-axis kind of depth thing. Like if you did mm -hmm. not grow up mm -hmm. on those, I, this is a 2D flat image, but it is 3D. You can move up and down in it. That mm -hmm. is somewhat hard. Like some people yeah. even have a hard time with like a top-down Zelda because that doesn't make sense to them. It doesn't read to them. Um, so I, I, I did make a conscious effort of, yes, this is... This is a little mini game. You have to get past this, but this should be something anybody can get past and should be okay. Should be is the operative word. <laughs> well, like oh, in, the, I, in, the, in the example of the first one with the security guard, I mean, geez, we must have revised that like 10 times in terms of just making sure that it hit that balance because we wanted to have weird little challenging moments like that was one and then jumping across the pit in the final world was another one. But like Bannon said, there's there are people that are not going to be good at that stuff. So we really had to find a balance where we're mixing it up and at the same time not creating like a break point where people would just quit the game because it was too hard. But the, that kind of stuff, um, we got to do very, very little of that in the first game. Um, I mean, really, those are kind of the, you know, two of the only parts where there was like specific level design challenges in terms of platforming. So I was really happy with, yeah, seeing what Bannon and the crew were doing on the second one. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, in the first game, we had so much to set up because we were doing it all from scratch. So all the combat, all the navigation, all the world, all of the different systems, all the different leveling. So since that was then able to carry over into the second game, the second game, like he mentioned, got to dive more into those little side objectives and kind of remix sort of alternate styles of gameplay because we had a we would have loved to have done more of that in the first game um but like i said we're setting so much up so yeah definitely a lot more of that stuff in the second game compared to the first one i, I, wanna, I, I will I wanna... say i will just hint there is a homage to something that people wanted that's all i'll say one of the quests is an homage that people requested and they got what they wanted that's all i'll say you heard it here Ooh. first, folks. Uh, they are finally developing something that everyone wants in a video game. Uh, tasteable screen objects, just like in Willy Wonka. You can lick the screen and taste the cheeseburgers. It's amazing. I mean, Prior to this, I told you, please don't say that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> please cut this out. <laughs> um, that's, I want to I comment on something that, uh, that Adam just mentioned. Um, just in regards to the 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 tweaking of the gameplay to, to make it accessible for for people, um, I really I, I play a lot of games with my wife who did not grow up playing video games uh, like I'm sure most of us did, um, and we played through a, a good portion of River City Girls together, and uh, 
just uh, in regards to what Bannon said about the about the Z axis thing, um, it was tough to to kind of like explain like all right here's here's how you move through like this space, but uh, it was super engaging and uh, very accessible. Like after after just a few minutes of playing, uh, we were able to to conquer um, you know some of those bo- some of those early bosses and and get through it together. So like I don't know, I think you guys have you can tell that you've been prac you know. What am I trying to say? You can tell that you really put the work in with uh, to make it accessible for for ga- gamers of all shapes and sizes. And uh, I, mean, I just the, yeah, some of the stuff that was important to us on the first game, and you know, subsequently on the second one, was we didn't want the challenge to be in trying to pull off moves, in trying to right. you know play the game. We wanted the challenge to be in the fighting, and so you know, when we were designing the combat, it that's why we were looking at games like. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z from Arc System Works and Smash Brothers, where you know the inputs really don't get that much more complicated than a direction plus a button. We didn't want to do Street Fighter esque, Mortal Kombat esque like stuff where they're really complicated stuff to pull off the special moves because you know you're unlocking those, you're spending money or you're leveling up to get those heavy and special attacks. And so um, yeah, the the combat, uh, the the way that all of those inputs worked in the first game and, and obviously in the second game uh, was designed by Bannon and I just really loved how it was easy to pull off what you want to pull off and the challenge mm-hmm. is the way the enemies attack you and how the enemies are around you and stuff. And and then, you know, similarly, we, we didn't want to do a game where there was the potential for like really frustrating loss of gameplay. And so, you know, you don't have to manually save, it's just saving pretty much every time you go into a new room. When you die, you can continue from one room back. So we didn't want to do something where you would die at a boss and then suddenly lose like half an hour of gameplay uh, to get back to that point. So all those things are, you know, things that we were really careful on um, in terms of making an experience that, that wouldn't frustrate players. And so even if they're kind of, you know, getting getting their ass handed to them on the combat as they're learning the ropes, they're hopefully enjoying it and, and always moving forward bit by bit. That, that's yeah what a, man what a what a great way to think about like design and and like speaking to your audience and stuff like that i think that's to me it feels really forward thinking and and like i don't know it's it's player conscientious which i very much appreciate so like thank you <laughs> for that yeah <laughs> uh, how i always describe uh like whenever i do combat i don't ever want it to be an exclusive club of only people that can do combos and you know twitch gameplay and Sure. They've got faster reflexes. That's why, like, every button on that controller is of use. So there is a kind of, like, philosophy behind, like, Ryu. Ryu has a fireball. That is, I don't want to move over there. I want to move a thing towards you that will hit you, but I'm going to stay here. Now I do want to move towards you, so I'm going to use my hurricane kick and move towards you. Uh, oh, you're going to try to jump over the fireball. I'm going to use my dragon punch. That is a very powerful move, but it does make it to where I fall down. And if I miss that thing, then yeah, you can hit me. None of those moves are something that you don't ever want to use. So it isn't like I'd never wanted something. Oh, once you earn this one move, that's all you have. You know, that's all you have to use. Just use this one move and you're good to go. So quick attacks are there for a uh, a beginner player. I always call it big brother and little brother. Big brother knows how to combo and cancel and do air juggles. Little brother, he can just hit that quick attack button. He'll be fine. It always ends with a knockdown to get rid of the enemy. Mm -hmm. Heavy, 
Yeah. Heavy is always, yeah, it's a slower thing, but if you press forward heavy, it's going to launch enemies forward. Press down heavy, it's going to launch them up. Press up heavy, it's going to kind of like punt them like a, uh, a football. But if you just press neutral heavy, it'll slam them down in front of you. That's kind of the basics for everybody. So you can go to a new uh, character and it'll it'll feel different, but it'll feel very, it'll it'll feel familiar enough for you to go, oh, he kind of handles in the same way. Like the frames are the same. Nobody's really like, oh, I'm the more powerful character. Everybody has their strength and weaknesses, but it's balanced out. Same with yeah. specials. They're all catered towards like, yes, my down special is primarily going to be get away from me kind of thing. And that way players aren't having to readjust and relearn and like, feel like, oh, this is such a foreign character. They just kind of blend into this one kind of mass of playability. I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, Big Brother and Little Brother. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Big Brother and Little Brother, a mass of playability is great. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and I've got to say, like, as somebody who's probably been the Little Brother my entire life in just the way I play either fighting games or uh, beat-em-ups, you know, I really do appreciate the way that that the River City Girls games have been just so accessible that way, and no matter how technically adept you are, you can still have fun, you can still get through the game, and that kind of perfectly leads into the next question that I had written up, which is about the fact that River City Girls 2 adds some entirely new characters, playable characters into the roster, and one of the things that was really so impressive about the first game was, kind of like we've touched on earlier, is that each character had such a unique moveset, such a unique personality that really showed through in the ways that they played. So I was wondering, uh, how do you go about creating these movesets and so many additional moves and combos that make each character feel so unique and yet also play to their personality so much without overbalancing one way or the other. Well, and I would just say before Bannon dives into that, just one thing in case anybody's wondering. So Marion is one of the new playable characters. She's the the uh, you know girlfriend from the Double Dragon series. That was almost entirely just because of the reaction from fans to her in her cameo in the first game. I mean, we you know we mm-hmm. like her. We've done a Double Dragon game previously, but. When we had her as the shopkeeper, people just, for whatever reason, lost their mind. I think Destructoid wrote an article about it, and everyone was saying, you have to put her in the second game, and we are just always listening to that stuff. And so it kind of just kept building up, and it's like, well, you know, once we got to the the planning stage, it's like, well, of course we got to put Marion in there. Like, the whole world wants her in there. So um, that was was kind of the, you know, the impetus for getting that character in there. For whatever reason, we all know. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, that's great. I, I, I love, sorry, I'm, I'm hyper fixated on a thing that you mentioned earlier, um, uh, maybe like 10 or 15 minutes ago. Uh, personality forward is how you describe the original, um, or personality focus is how you describe the original. High um, personality. High personality. Thank you so much. I love that concept. Um, and I think, and I think, uh, I, I, I think I think it carries through, and, and I think it's going to continue carrying through in, in the sequel here. Um, I love Campbell. I love your question here about um, how. Like, yeah, let's, let's let's just dive into it. If you, if if you are able to talk about it, um, so how do you apply that philosophy to some of these characters' move sets? Well, I mean, it's the whole like, who's a more engaging character, Han Solo or Qui Gon? <laughs> oh, yep, yep, it's absolutely. Like, Mm-hmm. You yep, you give yep. me like five descriptors of Qui Gon, and if 
four of them are stoic that it's like all right not much to go off of <laughs> was literally if, about to say stoic stoic stern <laughs> there it is. grim great serious. hair yeah yeah, but Han Solo, he's like you could probably like without even being a designer, you're like I could probably come up with move lists for Han Solo. Sure. Like yeah. even if he does like a kick in the nuts, you're like that's a Han Solo thing to do. <laughs> to just Absolutely. Kick mm-hmm. a stormtrooper. Um, but yeah, so I usually start off with. Um, so I'll say Masako to me is the Ryu of the game because that is the first person we started designing. Like I did very preliminary like sprites of her just to get her in there. But to me, she never learned how to fight. Traditionally, she just learned on the streets. So some of the moves are actually not, I wouldn't say motion captured, but just I feel myself doing like if you do the forward heavy, that haymaker where she kind of like trips over her own feet. That's <laughs> that's actually me doing that. So it's, <laughs> it, it, of, of course, there has to be my love of wrestling put in there. So everybody has wrestling moves, but oh, she yeah. learned on the streets. Um, Kyoko, just by the look of her, she was a little fancier looking. So I thought she might have had a better upbringing. So to me, she had a little bit more of a dance background and then trying to put in some of the sports theme um, from the Kunio Kun franchise. Mm-hmm. She grew up uh, playing volleyball. So with that, I was like, well, volleyball and dance, that's probably more of an aerial kind of character. Mm-hmm. She would hit a little faster and a little more graceful. So that's kind of where that came from. So yeah, she would have I mean, like cheer drills, uh, volleyball dives, volleyball spikes, but also her moves are more kick-based because of her dance background. And, and really just kind of with the characters, with the playable characters especially, just having you know, a real clear sense of their personality because before we even started working on the first game, um, you know, Bannon and I were in an interesting position where we had a little bit of pre-development period and we were kind of figuring out their personalities and figuring out how they would talk and how they would act. And so, you know, for us, it's really important that characters are consistent in that. So you don't want, you know, character that is, you know, again, very stoic, but then they are very flashy, you know, in terms of their attacks, unless that's kind of what you're going for. So, you know, a lot of what Bannon just said about the attack styles is the same with the main girls in terms of their personality. So, you know, Masako is, you know, rough and kind of gruff, but then, you know, in the story, there are moments where, you know, her heart gets exposed. She gets very, like, embarrassed by that. So she's a little bit more of, like, a rough kind of like less self-assured character than Kyoko, who's just kind of weird and girly and, and goofy and always, you know, uh, uh, you know, happy and, and trendy and stuff. And so she's doing the, you know, spin kicks and she's doing the dab attacks and stuff like that. And so, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, the, the, these characters, especially those two, have tended to kind of resonate with fans and they get a lot of you know fan art and stuff like that is because top to bottom you know what they're doing in the combat how they're animated what the story is what the dialogue is how they're dressed everything is meant to really mesh well together to make these very believable characters as opposed to it just feeling like okay here's their story personality and then here's their you know disparate unconnected like attack styles and one part of that also is the fact that some of these moves that they're doing, they're all homages to what they used to do in the old games. Right. So like Masako's mm-hmm. stone hands, stone hands in the original one, because of, you know, just, uh, you know, lack of being able to do 
more animations. Stone Hands was three punches really fast. And then Dragon Feet, oh, it sounds amazing. And then you get it, it's like, well, it's three kicks really fast. So that's why she does three punches in a row. But what would happen after like 30 years of doing that move? How would it upgrade over the years? So it's like, well, it's now three very powerful punches that go in a row that you can combo together. And then Dragon Feet is kind of like the Chun-Li kick with a, a nice roundhouse at the end of that. And then Kunio is all, like he's got a background in sports. He's like the best athlete in the series so a lot of his is like homage to his old sports uh titles and then ricky is kind of a homage to just river city ransom in general yeah and and i mean you mentioned like some of the specific attacks this game uh well the first river city girls game basically exists because of the super famicom game where masako and kyoko were in it the fact that they do curb stomps and the fact that they do these like crazy aggressive attacks and they look really cute doing it even mm -hmm. back in the old games like that i mean we were just so smitten with that and uh and when when i saw that game for the first time a couple years before we started working on river city girls it was like who are these characters because they look so cute they look so adorable and they've got the little lanky kind of skinny legs but they're like curb stomping a yakuza oh, yeah. to death on the ground just wrecking just, people yeah. yeah and just that mm -hmm. crazy yeah. juxtaposition between like this ferocity and they also look adorable was honestly the driving catalyst for us like bugging arc and saying please we got we got to do something with these characters that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> it really is yeah <laughs> Man, and I gotta say, that's one, like, I wasn't, I haven't always been a big River City fan. Like, I played the original River City Ransom back when it came onto NES Online was actually the first time I got the chance to play through that. But I really enjoyed the personality, and what really attracted me to River City Girls was that level of personal personality that you were talking about. Like, oh, here's these cute girls, here's all these cute anime characters and stuff, and they're murdering each other on the streets. This is fantastic. <laughs> you know, it's just so ridiculous, but that's what makes it so fun as well, especially when you mix it with the combat system that we're talking about as well i mean we've even called out like the characters even themselves question why is everybody just fighting all the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> they're becoming self-aware yep <laughs> amazing uh, well oh sorry we gonna say something cameron no 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 please all right well i guess moving on to some of the other other questions here you know we we're kind of talking about how the river city series has traditionally been pretty different from a lot of other beat-em-ups in terms of allowing more room for exploration moving up and down as well as left and right and that's one of the things that's really exciting about river city girls too with uh, continuing the open world formula and just expanding it even further adding more of those scenarios that you were talking about along with the a non-linear gameplay loop while still maintaining that traditional beat-em-up style action. I was wondering if you could talk a bit more about the process of balancing those different gameplay styles in 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 the sequel here. Um, I mean, a lot of the balancing came from me watching, sometimes secretly, uh, people stream on Twitch the, the first game and just making notes of whatever might have irritated them, what they did like and heightening that, but it was taking notes. And sometimes I'd just straight up be like, oh, hey, you're supposed to do this. And they're like, oh, I couldn't even tell. It's like, what, a, what part of it made it to where you couldn't tell what to do from now? And I took mm. those notes and be like, okay, I will apply that to the next sequel. So a lot of it was taking cues from player feedback, watching it in real time happening. So um, 
Yeah, other than that, other than getting into specifics about what I actually put in there, it's mainly just about I want to make sure that everything is as clear as possible. Uh, a player doesn't have to look up online what to do. It just mm. I want everything to be as you know readily available knowledge-wise to the the player. And we have a, a brand new system in the cell phone that kind of, without giving it away, like it does, it does kind of lead the player where they need to go, but it doesn't hold their hand the entire time. It's more of a suggestion. Maybe you should go over here. We're not going to tell you what you need to do over here, but it's in this direction. So people aren't lost. They can explore the city uh, freely, but also know where to go next. That's great. Well, and again, it's it's it speaks to that like that you know that very player focused thing. Um, you know, obviously these these modern games, you know, you don't have the guy next to you like on the couch while you're playing the game. Like it's it's all got to be within the game itself. So yeah, I think I think that's great. Can't wait to see how that works out. I know. I also have to Same ask. Here. Oh. oh. Brilliant. <laughs> I have to follow up with that, though, because another thing that really made the original River City Girls stand out from other beat-em-ups was just how substantial it really was. Like, you think of classic beat-em-ups like Streets of Rage. They're arcade games, really. They, it takes you maybe like an hour or two to get to the end of it. The original River City Girls is a fairly substantial adventure. You know, it take, took me around, I think, seven hours to, to complete it. I've seen people take around ten hours to finish it. Uh, can we see a, a similar length in the sequel or maybe longer or shorter if you can if you can reveal that i will say we did a level count yesterday and me and the level designer like what have we done (laughs) 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 the yeah the city has gone through some uh construction and yes it's it's gotten much much bigger um and that that even is in the design of the first game like you'll see some places in the first game that were under construction construction yeah. is done now ah, brilliant that's awesome yeah that's great wow interesting i can't wait to is, see what that looks uh, like that's great everything is bigger in the second game that's for sure um i i remember comparing the script and you know both games have pretty constant dialogue and chatter between the characters I think the second game script is something like three times as long as the first game. So, I mean, if that's any, and then, you know, I think, I'm not not to say that the game is three times as long, but you can just kind of take that for a clue of how big this game is going to be compared to the first experience. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty hefty. Uh, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. One of the things about the design also is, um, the scenes themselves so i i call it scenes like that's what we refer to it in like unity and stuff but the the levels themselves are much more vertical and horizontal so there's a lot more space to run around and a lot of that led us to like i'm not going to say what it is but there are a lot of secrets hidden around because i want people to fully explore and some of the stuff you're probably going to have to look up online how to even find because i want this to be a game it's like you're going to have to explore every like little nook and cranny. And we purposely made levels for hiding stuff in nooks and crannies. Oh yeah. I can, I can think of a few people off the top of my head who are going to love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, myself included. That's great. Um, Campbell, I think you, I think you were just about to, uh, to comment on the, on the dialogue that they just mentioned. That's exactly what I was going to do. You read my mind. So one of the things that was really exciting in seeing the, 
the new changes that are coming into the sequel is the introduction of a dynamic dialogue system and even the the fact that some scenes will change depending on what characters you're playing at or dialogue playing as or which dialogue will change based on your characters or the options you choose how dynamic is the story exactly how much can it really change depending on your actions or or your uh decisions or characters that you're playing as in the game i mean it's mostly coverage um there's a couple of moments in the game where you're making choices that you know split the 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 progression and and so there's a couple choice moments versus the first game is just essentially a linear game you're just kind of pushing the story forward um uh, the main thing as far as the vo is and we really wanted to do this in the first game and it just was not feasible, is, you know, the first game you play as Masako and Kyoko, and then as you guys mentioned, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler at this point, in the first game you unlock Ricky and Kunio as playables once you beat the game. But if you play through the game with them or a combination of them and the girls, it's still just Masako and Kyoko doing all the, the story because we, we just didn't have the feasibility right. to do something more dynamic. This time we've got six playable characters and it varies based on who is being controlled. And so you're going to hear them all bantering and them all having VO and um, you know them all being a much more active part of the storytelling. So that was, I think, the, the biggest thing. And it ended up being a, a large workload, but, but you know, ultimately worth it just to be able to have that change based on the player selection as opposed to doing what the first game did which is it's just gameplay variant and it's always the two main characters now you're actually going to hear all these moments in in their voices yeah like um how adam always tries to go for high personality and that goes with you know design also so it's like yeah when they go into a store it's all these different angles and stuff like that of like you know camera angles and they're doing all these different poses it's like well, now we've got to do that for six characters. <laughs> mm. So it's yeah. like, yeah, high personality comes with a lot of work, though. They're like worried, little talking I'm worried heads. about River River City 3 now, River City Girls 3. It's going to be like a dozen characters and yeah. every permutation of it. We're getting ourselves in trouble. Yeah, yeah and good. then, you know, our UI reflects that, too. They all had their own, like, cell phones. Well, there's six cell phones we have to make now, and... They're little oh, talking sure. heads. There's six little talking heads in, in the HUD. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, we, we, you know, we try to do more than just the average or just, you know, and it just, it means a lot more work. Well, I mean, the payoff is great though. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's, I think it's, uh, you're, you're setting yourselves up, but the, you're putting the bar really high. So it's like when you inevitably clear it, it's going to be even more awesome. I think we can all agree. Uh, um, yeah, and they're not, and also they're, we, 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 when we did that and we varied per character, even though they're kind of filling in, you know, uh, taking over the plot for the other characters, we did make adjustments where it was needed. So, for example, you know, most of them are teenagers. Marion is not a teenager, she's an adult. And so, where there are lines where, you know, a villain might say, oh, I'm tired of you pesky teens then she might say, well, I'm not a teen. Like, why would you say that? So there's, there's, you know, we made little adjustments to put the lines in each character's voice and also made adjustments based on what was going on and, and uh, the plot and kind of who they were and stuff. So, um, yeah, it'll be fun to see that play out and see how players react to that. Ooh, can I, can I ask a kind of a logistical question about that? So do, do you have like a... 
I mean, I guess it would be. I guess the position would be like a script supervisor who would kind of be in charge of that. Like for for little for little things like that. Do you have, or is it is that just like one of your guys' jobs? Uh, that's basically me when I was writing it. So Damn, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, B- Bannon and Colleen did the plotting of like, hey, what are all the scenes and what's happening moment to moment? But yeah, as far as the the way that we did it is we basically wrote the game. So it's it's always the story is always about two friends. And so right. we wrote the game initially, as we did with the first one, with Masako and Kyoko. And mm-hmm. then we went in with the other four characters and created the alts that can swap Masako or Kyoko. So even if you're playing a one-player game, like it's still right. two characters that are bantering back and forth. Because if it was just one character, who would they talk to? Like it would just be kind of a boring experience. But basically your choices now can change that, change who those starring characters are. Right. And that Man, does I, help I, the player also if they're talking like, hey, I think we should go over here kind of thing. Yeah. They have that person to talk to and, you know, lead them. <clears throat> sorry, I, uh, <coughs> sorry, I uh, swallowed a little water wrong, so I how almost dare died you right there. Water <laughs> wrong. It happens to the best of us. You should know how to swallow water by now. But yeah, as, as far as the logistics to your question... It's basically we wrote the script and then it's just a very wide spreadsheet because it starts going into like every character and every line and every alt and stuff. Um, but although, you know, we've got experience with that. When we did our Aliens game on Nintendo DS uh, about a decade or so ago, um, that was one where we rewrote the game literally 20 times so that whatever Marine wow. you were playing as had completely different dialogue. So we've kind of played with that stuff before. Wow. That's... Uh... Insane. That's so much, so much extra work. But I mean, congrats, man. That's amazing. Yeah, it goes a long way towards just making the whole experience feel more alive and natural yeah, too. For sure. Really impressive. Um, speaking of alive and natural, this is um, something I was really pushing for in the design of the city. Um, you will go into certain levels, and you'll. I mean, you're not going to see people like coming and going out of their houses, but one like little touch that I'm putting in there is um, cars. So cars are moving around the city. Cars will park in a certain spot. If you come back in there, they might be gone by now. So it kind of changes mm. kind of the layout of the the city itself. And you'll see a lot more, you know, just diverse people going about their day. But yeah, it is like I'm trying to make sure the city feels alive and like a lived in place. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And it's again, it's uh, it just kind of circles back around to that uh, you know personality forward uh, design aspect. I think that's great. That's fair. Wow, man, you guys, you guys, you guys love to talk. Uh, this is good. Um, yeah. Let's take a quick like break. Talk. talk good. <laughs> let's take we a talk let's great. take a, a quick break here. Uh, we'll be right back. We'll talk a little bit about River City Girls Zero, and then we'll and then we'll wrap it up for the evening. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back.
And we're back. Uh, all right, just to continue, we're going to keep this train rolling. Uh, we've been talking River City Girls. We've been talking River City Girls 2. We're going to uh, we're gonna take it back a bit and talk about River City Girls 0, which is the upcoming game from uh, from Wave 4. We've got, we've got uh, Bannon and Adam here to talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, Campbell, why don't you hit him with the, hit him with the first question. I'm going to hit you so hard with this journalistic, <laughs> incredible question. Um, River City Girls Zero is the first time that we're seeing this game in the River City series that was originally just released in Japan finally come over to the West. And, of course, I have to ask the obvious question, why was now the, t the perfect time to reintroduce this game for Western audiences and localize it? So, uh, yeah... Basically, again, we, we talked about how there are about 50 games in the Kunio-kun series in Japan. So one of them, and I think, I might be wrong, but I think this was kind of like the swan song for the original team. I believe like the original creators all worked on it and directed it and stuff. But one of the last games with the core original team was called Kuniotachi no Banka, and it was a Super Famicom, Super Nintendo game. And that was the first one that starred Masako and Kyoko as playable characters. Masako had appeared in various games as kind of an NPC character. I think that was actually Kyoko's first game ever, though. And you play through the game as Kunio and Ricky and as the two girls. And so, like I mentioned before, like when we when I became aware of that game, that's what really, you know, started the gears turning for what would become River City Girls, you know, looking at these two you know, adorable teenagers that would curb stomp, you know, gang members to death, basically. And uh, so it was always an influence, but we didn't really have any, you know, uh, you know, we don't typically port stuff. That's not something that WayForward does. And, um, you know, we reference it. If you look at the, I won't spoil it, but the, the kind of secret ending boss battle in, River City Girls starts referencing this this obscure game and kind of the logic and reality of that game kind of changes the game and changes the ending and all this stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, at some point we kind of had this idea of like, well, we referenced this game that never came out of the U.S. Um, it really should be here. Like, it's it's an interesting game and, and, it, and it is kind of, you know, it, it influenced so much of what we put into River City Girls, and, and now also River City Girls 2. And so we started kind of having conversations with ARC, and we came up with this idea of what we're, you know, what we call internally, we refer to as like a port plus. So it is a port of the game. It's taking that Super Famicom game. It's doing a very faithful port of it to modern consoles, but then we're wrapping it thematically in like River City Girls flavor. And so that's why it's it's retitled River City Girls Zero for, for the US market. And what we mean by that is we added like an anime intro sequence, we added more music by Megan McDuffie, we added vocal songs, and then we added kind of little story sequences that bookend the old game and factor it into the world and our versions of these characters. And it's been a really interesting kind of experiment. Um, and uh, so, you know, because we're kind of trying to, to do both things at once. We're trying to have a very faithful adaptation of it that doesn't change a bunch of stuff and, and lets people play the game as it was supposed to be. But then we also want to tie it to the modern brand and tie it to what we've been working on. Um, and so, you know, for stuff like that, some of the stuff we did, we have like, you know, 
two different English translations. One of them is a direct translation. One of them is kind of written more in the flavor of the girls. And we got the voice actors back for a couple scenes and stuff like that. But to, to answer your question, like why the reason why we ended up um, actually deciding, hey, let's get this game out, I think it mostly had to do with, and I won't spoil anything, but a lot of River City Girls 2 dives back into some of the contents and themes and characters of that game. And so the more that we were doing early planning on River City Girls 2, we kept saying like, oh man, it would it would be really great if people knew about X or knew, you know, had it had seen Y and stuff from that game. And so we said, well, why don't we why don't we try and make that happen? And so it became kind of our mission aside from the us already working on the sequel to try and get this game and also try and get it out before River City Girls 2, have it come out between the two games because I think if people play River City Girls 0, Kuniotachi Dobanka, they will have a deeper appreciation for River City Girls 2, the proper sequel, because they'll know some characters and events and locations and stuff that, uh, that were kind of debuting the modern version of in the sequel. So, you know, the more that we kind of developed things along those lines, the more it became, you know, a priority for us to to get this game out in the interim so that people could have that deeper appreciation when the full sequel comes out. I mean... What Adam said. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't want to speak for everybody on this show, but did you just sell all of us on that game? Maybe. I don't know. It sounds amazing. But... um... Yeah, that's one thing that really just really intrigued me from the moment that River City Girl Zero was announced, because you don't really see that all too often with games being localized for the West for the first time. You know, you see games get new translations, either they get ju- just new translations and that's it, or they completely, you know, remake the game. You don't really see this kind of hybrid approach all that often where it is the original game, but you have, like you mentioned, the new cutscenes, the new music, just a new River City Girls flavor added on to it. So that's really, really a fascinating touch. And actually, to I can mention something. I don't know if we've actually mention this publicly or not it might have been in some press releases um river city girls zero is the first time that you will get to hear japanese versions of masako and kyoko so in the first game that we did it was just english vo um this is the first time where we're starting to do dual audio so that's that's another thing that's uh that's cool little sign of things to come that's very, That's very awesome. cool. Yeah, it's Are, really cool. Great. Can I ask if we're going to see dual audio for River City Girls 2 then? I don't know if we've commented on that publicly. Okay. Fair enough. I will confirm dual audio for the, the, uh, the River City Girls 0. Um, and then keep your eyes peeled for future announcements and info on River City Girls 2 as it gets closer to release. Very, very cool. All right. Interesting. So now, kind of moving off of that, um, now, you know, I I always think that when you see a game localized so long after it was originally released, it has to just be a huge effort to take this game that was developed, you know, 20, 30 years ago and reintroduce it for a new audience today. Um, What are the challenges that were involved with localizing River City Girls Zero today? Um... 
You know, it, I, I, it was actually pretty much a straightforward process. I mean, we, we have some really talented programmers, and they were able to take the original game and basically, with their programming genius, extract all of the uh, dialogue and text in the game. And then we would get that translated into all the different languages, and then we would you know, slap it back in there. But that was pretty straightforward process. So it was more just kind of on the creative side, like, you know, making sure that we had, you know, especially once we decided to do two different versions of English, making sure that the one that was uh, supposed to be the literal translation was as literal as possible to appeal to people who really just want the original Japanese experience, but they want to, you know, read it in, in English if they can't speak Japanese. Um, and then the other one, just having more fun with that. So more was kind of like the stylistic choices like that. The, you know, and, and, and I think another thing that, that um, you know, we've talked about, but I don't know if everybody is totally aware of it, is uh, River City Girls Zero was actually a co-production um, between uh, limited run games and WayForward. Normally, they're just kind of our publishing partner, but this was actually a co-development. So uh, the way that it worked is WayForward kind of came up with the ideas and we produced all of the new materials, so all the songs and all the anime and all the manga scenes and all that kind of stuff. But then um, the, the folks at Limited Run were the ones actually doing the bulk of the programming and actually, you know, working with the old um, uh, SNES game and, and implementing all the new stuff. So that was really interesting as well. Um, we'd always been, you know, uh, really great publishing partners, but this is the, like, deepest that we've gone with them in terms of, like, co-development, which was really cool. Hmm. What Adam said. So- <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> um, here, uh, Mark, I want to, I want to throw you a, throw you a bone here. Um, oh, you want to, you want to throw me in? Okay. Well, it's, it's been so, a while, you know. I haven't yeah, said a yeah, word yeah. for like an hour, so I figured, <laughs> figured it's time to get you in here. Um, just you talk about limited run. I feel like maybe of it's course. A, uh, yeah. So with limited run games, you guys have obviously been working a lot with them. With River City Girls, you guys have—is it three or four editions that um, Zero is going to have? It has three editions multiplied by the different platforms. Uh, so are you guys planning more collaborations as um, you know the new River City games are coming out? Like maybe Fan Gamer with merchandise or vinyls or stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we're already talking with multiple partners um, about different things. I think we mentioned vaguely. I won't give any details, but... There's going to be a big River City Girls art book. Um, so collecting what? all of the awesome Ooh. artwork from the series so far, that's that's on the horizon. So, yeah, we're, we're doing a lot of cool stuff planning with Limited Run and a lot of cool things planned with other partners. Um, we have the, uh, the plushies of Masako and Kyoko shipping mm-hmm. very soon um, from Fangamer. Those sold a while back. So, yeah, lot, lots of stuff on the horizon. We're trying to line up as as many cool things as possible. Um, and yeah, the, you know, we were really happy with the collector's edition items for, for zero. Like we worked a long time with limited run on the planning of the action figures and, um, you know, Bannon and I, and, and other folks have already come up with most of the ideas for the special editions of river city girls Two. um, working with limited run. That's going to be really cool. There's a lot of really cool ideas for physical objects and, and bonus items for that upcoming game as well. Yeah, a lot of those and, were planned way far ahead because they appear in the game and I want to be like, yep. I want a physical version of this. So let's really flesh this out if we ever do a thing 
based on this for like physical edition or limited run releases. Whatever it is, I'm not saying yet, but yeah, they, they <laughs> limited run really spoils us with how how open they are to coming up with awesome you know doodads and trinkets and, and stuff like that and so yeah ever since we did the first river city girls edition where it had the lockets and the id cards and the menu and all these cool things um i think whenever we develop a game now like in the back of our mind it's like oh what can we do that what can we put in this game that will make an awesome little bonus item later now i do have to ask because uh i recently saw in an article that when they did the uh the recent castlevania ones um, it was actually limited run games that came up with the entire prototype and all the content in the uh, special edition. So were they doing that first and pitching you guys the ideas or did you guys eventually end up pitching all the ideas? It's completely collaborative. So yeah, gotcha. I mean, we're, we basically have, you know, tons of meetings and phone calls and email threads where we're coming up with ideas, they're coming up with ideas and um, just really kind of jamming with designers on both sides and stuff. So it's, yeah, it's, it's super collaborative for, for all the additions that we've done with them so far. Very, very cool. Yeah, can't wait to, yeah, listen, we, listen, we here on Goop, we, we, on the Express, we love stuff. We just love stuff. So like, <laughs> yes, very you know what I mean? Like, stuff. like items, of course. Yes, yes. Yeah, we're, we're, we're all, we're all about it. Uh, so yeah, very much looking forward to, uh, to all that stuff you described. Sounds incredibly awesome. Like, uh, the, the art book sounds great. Um, I've loved all the music in River City Girls, and I cannot wait mm-hmm. to see, uh, like, anything soundtrack related. I'm extremely stoked on. So, yeah, oh, can't, yeah. can't wait and to see what, uh, so, what comes so out he- with this stuff. Here's a tease. Uh, on River City Such Girls a tease. Zero, there are Tee-hee. a couple of vocal tracks. We've already announced that, uh, that Megan McDuffie, of course, comes back. She does the music for most of the River City Girls soundtrack. We have, um, I don't think it's been announced, we have a another very special guest doing uh the end credit song on river city girls zero and so you guys will find out who that is and it's a really good song and the intro song is really good um you know some of the best work that megan's done so all of that will be revealed when the game comes out it's uh, celine dion let's just say wow. it, okay. oh my what god a, what a, a pull <laughs> <laughs> a huge get Her for way forward and for the River City franchise. Through River City, yes. Wow. <laughs> Cannot we used to be old tag Selena. team wrestler partners, so she I, I, oh, I, I yeah, called in a course. favor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, you gotta yeah, you guys would go way back. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Amazing that she duetted with Cher. That was incredible. Like just mm, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah don't bring it up if she gets on the podcast. But then like the okay. Kanye verse <laughs> was really exciting too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of things that are exciting and things that we like on the N-Express Nintendo podcast, we like Nintendo around here. And one thing that um, we noticed when the game was first announced, River City Girls Zero, is that it was revealed just for the Switch. And it's since been confirmed for other platforms as well, which is great. You know, love to see games come to as many different players and audiences as possible. But, you know, with us being fans of Nintendo, we were curious about well, what was the decision like to target uh, Switch initially in the first lineup of platforms? Um, I mean, it sort of it happened for various reasons, um, you know. I think initially we would have loved to have had it out on everything right from the beginning, but it was, you know, part of it was kind of the scheduling and how long each platform takes. Like I said, we really wanted this game out well in advance of River City Girls 2 so that people could play it and people could go into the sequel knowing, you know, what happens in Zero. And then, um, you know, also like looking at the first game, 
I believe the majority of people that played the first River City Girls played it on Switch. Um, Switch had a, a, a massive audience um, as yeah. far as a percentage-wise on that game. So, you know, that was always kind of our highest, um, one of our highest priorities was was getting it on um, on that uh, platform as soon as possible and then making sure that we didn't rush the other ones, that the other ones all came out very high quality as well. So it was ultimately just kind of, you know, the scheduling and that it just takes time to develop and, and test and, and uh, submit every different version of the game. Really? Well, thank you for commenting on that. And um, so that's everything that I had written out about River, River City Girls Zero, unless you guys had any other questions you wanted to ask about the game or comment on about that before we move on to some more general way forward related stuff. Are you talking um, about us? Ask questions about the game? Um, well, either for my fellow co-hosts or if you guys had anything else you wanted to say about it too. <laughs> Is there something you don't know about your own no, game I've got some, that you'd like I've to got ask? Some, yeah, yeah. I've got some heated questions. Right? <laughs> oh, Putting on the hot seat, yeah. Uh, no, I, yeah, I, I, as far as zero, just, you know, uh, I hope people support it. I, I, here's what I'll say is, you know, uh, River City Girls 1 was a big hit for us. Um, and we really feel like the audience has grown since then. So hopefully zero is a big hit. Um, hopefully two is a big hit. You know, these are, it really is true that, that, you know, the more people that buy and play these games, the more that we can develop them specifically, the more we can develop games like them. And, and in the case of Zero, I'm really hoping that one's a success because this idea of taking a game that we loved from another region that's never been here and bringing it over so people can play it and kind of, you know, having some fun in the process, I would love to see us do more of that with some of the other games that have influenced us. So I'm really hoping that that one is a good hit so that we can do more of these kind of port plus adaptations going forward for other stuff that, that hasn't come out here in the U.S. yet. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think it's a great game. goal. Yeah. yeah I, I do have a question about the game, actually. Oh, yes? I, I, I've got a yeah, hot, We'll do hot... our best to answer, yes. Yeah, okay, we'll, yes. Yeah. We're um, experts on it now, yeah. <laughs> which title rolls off the tongue better shin niketsu koha kunio tachi nobanka the new hot-blooded tough guy the elegy of kunio and co or river city girls zero uh, but Cass, have you considered river city girls s special edition echoes of an elusive age mm. Mm. <laughs> jot that down adam just in case, yeah. just in case. Uh, featuring dante from devil may cry yes yes please yes of course well, uh, <laughs> well, I can't even. I, I was I gonna know, try to make a bit. I was gonna try to make a bit out of <laughs> repeating what you just said, and there's there's no way I could do that. Yeah, uh, so I think nothing uh, we can follow I think stick up with on that. Uh, so yeah, we, 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 we want to yeah, we want to make everybody has strong opinions online, and we want to make everybody as happy as possible. Um, you know, and and we've been careful. Like, I mean, we're if you look in the trailer, we reference Kunio Tachi no Banka as the game's title, and we were very clear, like this, we're bringing a game over. So, just for anybody who has concerns, we're not trying to erase that game's identity. Um, you know, if anything, we're being you know really, really careful and saying this is a game we love. This is a game that influenced us. It's coming over here because. This was so influential on us, and to the degree where even when you, you look at the uh, the the cover art for River City Girl Zero, it says River City Girl Zero, and then it's got the Japanese kanji title underneath it. So, I mean, you know, I know that you know people will always find something to complain about, but I would say you know wait until the game's out, check it out, see how people review it, and you know we've really done our best to do the most uh, you know uh, faithful 
um, reverent adaptation porting of this game possible while also having some fun with it and, and putting stuff in there that that will appeal to people that that came to the brand for the first time with River City Girls Zero. So, you know, we're, we're trying our best and hopefully we kind of thread the needle in a way that we can appeal to people that are really purists about it and really just want this game over here in the U.S. and don't really care about the modern spin on it with our games and then also people that, that like our game and want to see them connected. So I, I think we did a pretty good job. So hopefully hopefully that pays off when, when it comes out. Well, hearing how the both of you just have such love and passion for this series, I think, I mean, I don't know, if it, if it, has, if it hasn't convinced uh, the listener that it certainly convinced me, like the, 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 way you, you know, the way you're both just expressing, like the way you were talking about your love for this series and uh, not just from like, from like a nostalgia perspective, but from a real like game design, game designer perspective, I think is, uh, I don't know, very telling for, I think what's in store, uh, the actual content of the game. So yeah, I think, uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be good. Uh, and, and uh, very much looking forward to, to the release of River City Girls Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think to kind of wrap up uh, the show here, we have been running a little longer. We do appreciate your time. Um, sure. I think, uh, Campbell, Mark, any any kind of general way forward uh, focus questions we want to kind of throw out there before we before we uh, let these gentlemen get back to their lives? We got one big one. Uh-oh. Advance Wars. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what what does that question mean. <laughs> yeah, it's it's oh, going man. pretty good, man. How, how's it going? He's shooting you? a shot. I don't know. I can already uh, hear the Nintendo ninjas marching outside. Yeah, no, I mean we're, we're the tanks you know, outside. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. we're. Uh, uh, I think WayForward's identity as a studio has always been very. You know, we we work on all everything. We almost everything we do is multi-platform. And right. uh, um, but there, I think there's always been a really strong association between WayForward and Nintendo. We've done a lot of, you know, exclusive games like Lit and you know initially Switch Force and Vitamin Connection and stuff like that, where they're really just celebrating what Nintendo is trying to do with you know their hardware or peripherals and stuff like that. So we've always felt very close to them and uh, always had a really good relationship with them. So, you know, that's one where we're not the publisher of that game, so we can't divulge anything at all. Um, but it, mm-hmm. it really is just a phenomenal experience, and we're, we're so thankful um, for the opportunity to be working with Nintendo on, on a project like that after, uh, you know, having our own games on their platforms for, for so many times over the past couple decades. I love that political spin you threw on it. You just like, <laughs> it was very good. I was nodding along. Spin. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's pretty good. Like, got the I'm, gift of gab, I'm just saying, we've had a few fluffy PR statements in interviews on this show before. <laughs> as far as I go, that was downright Shakespearean. You know, just <laughs> that eloquence with it. It's beautiful. Now, on that topic, though, I do have one last interviewee sure. kind of question in line with what you were just talking about. So, like you mentioned, WayForward has worked on a ton of properties over the past few decades, including a lot of legacy franchises that it's revived over years of dormancy or franchises that you never really thought would come back you know there was uh river city girls had been a new take on the river city series but there's also like we just mentioned advanced wars you guys did double dragon did contra i just gotta ask what's your secret if there is a secret or at least an approach to coming up to these long dormant series and then reviving them for modern audiences like you've done in the past um i think it so, I mean, Bannon and myself and Matt Bozon, our creative director, and all the directors here, 
I mean, I think one thing we have in common is we're all just total, you know, retro Super game fans. nerds. Yeah, especially like NES era and, and, you know, Genesis and SNES and stuff like that. So we know all of that stuff. So I think part of it is like understanding which of those brands are a big deal. So like knowing, hey, if we got to do a River City game, that's a big deal. And not just saying like, well, why is that a big deal? I haven't seen one of those games come out in a while. But knowing kind of what the landscape is in terms of like what people remember growing up with and what was a big deal back then. And, and you know, for when we look for new opportunities like that, kind of our sweet spot that, that I always get really excited about is something where it was a brand where it's super beloved. People, you know, really it's like, you know, one of their most revered games or revered series growing up, but they haven't done anything with it recently. I think that when we can get opportunities like that where it's like, oh man, like game XYZ, that's the best, you know, one of those ever made and they haven't done a sequel ever or they haven't done a sequel in like 15 years. Those are the opportunities that I think are really special for us. And we actually have some of the some of them brewing right now. Um, I mean, the the lineup of games that WayForward's working on right now and that we're about to start working on is probably probably I could safely say like the the craziest, most impressive lineup of like a year or two of WayForward games I've ever seen. Like the things that we're working on. If we just started rattling off brands, some of them are video game brands, some of them are, are non-video game brands, some are original stuff. It, it really is kind of ridiculous how we're kind of hoarding those dream opportunities and, and how many wow. of that stuff that we have on the horizon going into, you know, back end of 2022 and 2023 and beyond. So, um, yeah, it's just like, I think for us, it's it's when we can do something like that uh, where there's this audience waiting for it to come back. And then also like we had with River City Girls where we can put our own spin on it, where there's not an expectation that we have to do exactly what was done before. We can kind of put our own personality on it or tweak the visuals or tweak the you know audio or gameplay a little bit. Those are like the perfect opportunities for us. And we've been so fortunate with those. And, and those are the ones that we're always looking at. I mean, even the, we're also very, um, very aggressive about that stuff too. Like those are the ones we go after. So, you know, mm. I, you would, if you rattled off like, hey, what are the 10 games I would love to see way forward remake? We've probably pitched, you know, two thirds of them. Like we're really wow, very aggressive man. and very pointed about the types of games that we want that, and, and you know, we want to remake those or we want to do the sequel. We don't want it to go to a studio that might not do as, crazy and diehard an interpretation as, as we know that we're capable of. So yeah, getting those opportunities is a really high priority for us and we've gotten really lucky, um, especially in the last couple of years as far as what's what's on the horizon. And I, I wanna do a thing where I turn the tables on you three. There's three of you there, right? There are There's three, three of us, yes. yes. <laughs> on you three. I, I, I'm not gonna react in any way. Adam shouldn't react either. What would be a game you would love to see us make? And I just wanna see like, hmm. Oh, oh it's got to be Castlevania. I mean, that's easily the one that comes to mind. Yeah, I was first. literally just yeah. about to say. I mean, I want literally can. anybody <laughs> other than Konami to work on Castlevania. But if I had to pick anybody, it would be way forward. Okay. Next next person. Let's see. Uh, I mean, I was just thinking about F-Zero, but uh, that's that's uh, that, that franchise is dead and buried. But uh, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about. Now but, it's yeah. just plain Zero. <laughs> running man for you there. 
Oh, gee. That or, got... or Mega Man, you know? In our, <sighs> I was, our, our I was final about one. to say that one. I was about to say Mega Man, but since uh, since Cameron said I'll throw a curveball, you ready for this? DuckTales. The oh, original. No. The NES one. Capcom did it, and it was fine. But uh, I feel like you guys would be able to just, like, blow it out of the water. Wait a minute. Well, there was that. Uh, they, I mean, we, we did. they did that. They did <laughs> Wait, do. what? DuckTales no, was worked on that. It was Capcom. <laughs> no, that was Oh, we yeah. that was oh, them. Mark. Ooh, did Mark. you just oh, insult no. their game <laughs> to their faces? <laughs> <laughs> there it goes. I was like, no, I'm like pretty yeah. sure. It was a really oh. good game, but I felt Hang like it should have been like. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Oh, <laughs> Nice <man>. job, Mark. <laughs> no, I really thought I really thought Capcom did that one. They published it, yeah. They published it. Okay, I was going to say. Yeah, no, that's uh, uh, DuckTales Remastered. Uh, I think it's great, personally. Same here. Um, <laughs> no, like, I, thought, I thought it was great, but like it's no longer available. You can't get it anywhere. So it's DuckTales like, Remastered, enjoyed by know? two out of three hosts. <laughs> <laughs> incredible. Oh, uh, incredible. Wow. Uh, Mark, do you, do you, do you want to take a mulligan on that one? I do you want to? I should have uh, just said Mega Man, but you took it from me. So. Uh, oh, so you're going to blame this on Cameron now? Yes. Yeah, he, all, I, he I always am. does. <laughs> That's fair. I thought you were pulling Incredible. a fast one on us. I was like, nope, we, we did that. Yeah, I thought you were being <laughs> no, sarcastic. Like, I legitimately, like, I do like the DuckTales remaster. I was just well, thinking, what, what like, about a it's no one? longer a backup yeah, one. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a backup, yeah. <laughs> well, Castlevania was taken, then Cameron said Mega Man. Those were going to be the two I was going to say. All right. Uh, well, maybe, like, River City? Is that <laughs> Man, let me tell you, River City Girls was really good, but I bet WayForward could do a much better job with it. Yeah, yeah. like... <laughs> I, I'm legitimately like just so sorry. Like I, I, I legitimately. Oh, Mark, it's thought, fine. It's fine. I am so no, happy no, that like, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't work out it. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well. Well. That's a way to derail a interview there. Yeah. There you go. Thank you guys for being on the show. <laughs> this, is, this is why it was incredible. Wow. Yeah. This was mostly fun. Yeah. You want me to drop an even bigger <laughs> bombshell? Oh no. I've never played I, a River City game. I'm 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 very happy that there it is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's this this is the goal right here, guys. Right, um, so yeah, back to you guys. No, I was gonna say um, this has been great. Honestly, uh, like I can't think of a better way to 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 end this. Um, this is extremely good. Um, let's see here. Uh, Adam Bannon, anything you want to kind of plug before we before we wrap it up here? Um, um, yeah, I mean, we mentioned yeah. River City Girls Zero. Um, buy it physically if you like stuff, and buy it digitally if you like playing things but don't like stuff that you touch with your hands. Um, and then uh, this summer, look for River City Girls 2 in a version you can touch with your hands and a version you can't. Um, so yeah, play, like get all those games. And, uh, um, you know, if you don't follow Way Forward on social media, um, that's where a lot of our info comes out. We're working on a lot of like really cool trailers right now for our upcoming stuff, things that have already been announced, but you know, it's like deeper dives on it and deeper articles and stuff like that. So yeah, check out way forward on Facebook or Twitter or any of those places. And um, we're, we're trying to get much better about like, you know, uh, keeping people up to date with, with all the latest uh, info on, on our upcoming titles. Um, and yeah, hopefully you guys dig those when they come out. Yeah, um, I would like to 
plug my documentary. Um, I filmed it for about three years. It was about how I worked really hard to bring uh, DuckTales back to a <laughs> modern audience. Uh, I mean, it's on Netflix, and you, you can find it there. It's, it's very inspirational. Um, no, just look out for River City Girls, too. I am working nonstop on that thing because... I, I mean, River City Ransom, the series in general, it's what actually got me a job and make me financially stable. And this is a game that I, I literally drew comic books as a kid back in the early 90s for River City Ransom. So, yeah, I, I absolutely adore this series. And it's a reason why I've you know worked on it for like 10 years straight. And, yeah, look for it. I'm pouring my heart and my soul into it, just like I did with DuckTales. Yeah, worked on the ground for five years, and then he came to Way Forward, and he said, what do you got? And we said, we got more River City, <laughs> and he's been pretty much on it ever since. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the you're, man, you're, you're doing, it doesn't get said enough, you're doing such a good job with, with the second game, and it was such a pleasure to work with you on all these things and yeah i think i think people are going to be blown away by by what's in both of these uh, upcoming releases thanks buddy um yeah i'll, I'll say yesterday <laughs> we were trying out um multiplayer and we were just giggling from just the stuff we were able to pull off so How it's fun. just like you know playing a game for about i don't know you know year and a half two years straight and it still makes me giggle with the things that i'm able to pull off in the game that's a good sign yeah. yeah. I'm in it for the giggles. I like giggling. He did it for the lulls, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Um, I love that. Uh, so, okay, we're going to do a little sign-off here, and then uh, we'll, we'll thank you guys one final time. Uh, I've been your host, Cameron Dax, and you can find me over on Twitter. I'm at Action Daxon, so my writing is also available on Goombastomp.com. Mark, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at the Mark Howlett, of course. is Mark with the C, Cal with the K. Uh, right now over on Goombastop, you can find all my coverage for uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. I got that up. Uh, I can't talk about the other games I am reviewing right now, but you will see next week. That's all I can say about those. And Boba Fett over on TiltMagazine.net. And uh, another thing, uh, I recommend you check out uh, DuckTales Remastered if you can find <laughs> a physical copy. Uh, it says here that Best Buy may still have it in stock. So uh, <laughs> if you'd like to pick that one up, uh, yeah. yes. Uh, thank you, Mark, for that. Excellent. And uh, Campbell, where can people find you? The first thing I'll add is that the games that Mark can't talk about are all DuckTales remastered, uh, <laughs> writing a bunch of hate pieces about them. Um, but in all seriousness, though, you can find all my games writing over at GoombaStomp.com. We've got a new indie game spotlight that went up over the weekend, and I'll have plenty of great indie content coming out in the very near future, so please keep a lookout for that. And you can keep up with me on Twitter at CampbellSGill, uppercase CSG. Lovely. And of course, Express is also on social media. We are on Twitter as at Nintendo, and of course, available to download, rate, review, all that good stuff on the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, once again, thank you so much to Bannon and Adam from Way Forward. It has been a, just a delight. I really appreciate your deep dives and your thoughts on game design and the River City franchise. Cannot wait to see River City Girls Zero and River City Girls 2 later this year. Um, thank you so much, guys. Yeah, You're very welcome. Wonderful. Um, so uh, all that being said, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye. I mean, bye. bye. <laughs> Perfect.